secret. He was so very clean and well-groomed, and never allowed a spot or stain to be seen on his beautiful white suit. He had endearing ways of purring and snuggling. He was scrupulously honest. And then a domestic tragedy took place at Ingleside. Jack Frost had kittens. It would be vain to try to picture Susan's triumph, had she not always insisted that that cat would turn out to be a delusion and a snare. Now they could see for themselves. Rilla kept one of the kittens, a very pretty one, with peculiarly sleek glossy fur of a dark yellow crossed by orange stripes and large satiny golden ears. She called it Goldie, and the name seemed appropriate enough to the little frolicsome creature which, during its kittenhood, gave no indication of the sinister nature it really possessed. Susan, of course, warned the family that no good could be expected from any offspring of that diabolical Jack Frost. But Susan's Cassandra-like croakings were unheeded. The Blythes had been so accustomed to regard Jack Frost as a member of the male sex that they could not get out of the habit. So they continually used the masculine pronoun, although the result was ludicrous. Visitors used to be quite electrified when Rilla referred casually to Jack and his kitten, or told Goldie sternly, "'Go to your mother and get him to wash your fur.' "'It is not decent, Mrs. Dr. Dear,' poor Susan would say bitterly. She herself compromised by always referring to Jack as It, or The White Beast, and one heart at least did not ache when It was accidentally poisoned the following winter.' In a year's time, Goldie became so manifestly an inadequate name for the orange kitten that Walter, who was just then reading Stevenson's story, changed it to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In his Dr. Jekyll mood, the cat was a drowsy, affectionate, domestic, cushion-loving puss who liked petting and gloried in being nursed and patted. Especially did he love to lie on his back and have his sleek, cream-colored throat stroked gently, while he purred in somnolent satisfaction. He was a notable purrer. Never had there been an Ingleside cat who purred so constantly and so ecstatically. The only thing I envy a cat is its purr, remarked Dr. Blythe once, listening to Doc's resonant melody. It is the most contented sound in the world. Doc was very handsome. His every movement was grace, his poses magnificent, when he folded his long, dusky-ringed tail about his feet and sat him down on the veranda to gaze steadily into space for long intervals, the Blythes felt that an Egyptian sphinx could not have made a more fitting deity of the portal. When the Mr. Hyde mood came upon him, which it invariably did before rain or wind, he was a wild thing with changed eyes. The transformation always came suddenly. He would spring fiercely from a reverie with a savage snarl, and bite at any restraining or caressing hand. His fur seemed to grow darker, and his eyes gleamed with a diabolical light. There was really an unearthly beauty about him. If the change happened in the twilight, all the Ingleside folk felt a certain terror of him. At such times he was a fearsome beast, and only Rilla defended him, asserting that he was such a nice, prowly cat. Certainly he prowled, Dr. Jekyll loved new milk. Mr. Hyde would not touch milk and growled over his meat. Dr. Jekyll came down the stairs so silently that no one could hear him. 
Mr. Hyde made his tread as heavy as a man's. Several evenings, when Susan was alone in the house, he scared her stiff, as she declared, by doing this. He would sit in the middle of the kitchen floor, with his terrible eyes fixed unwinkingly upon hers for an hour at a time. This played havoc with her nerves, but poor Susan really held him in too much awe to try to drive him out. Once she had dared to throw a stick at him, and he had promptly made a savage leap towards her. Susan rushed out of doors and never attempted to meddle with Mr. Hyde again. Though she visited his misdeeds upon the innocent Dr. Jekyll, chasing him out of her domain whenever he dared to poke his nose in and denying him certain savory tidbits for which he yearned. The many friends of Miss Faith Meredith, Gerald Meredith, and James Blythe, read Susan, rolling the names like sweet morsels under her tongue, were very much pleased to welcome them home.